Like, if you really look at it, if people have a judgment about you, such a small percentage of their time and their mind. So it's up to me whether I take that small percentage of their brain to heart or if I just dismiss it and think, well, this is my whole life. This is what feels right to me. So that's way more important than someone's little tiny judgment of me. They can fuck off. (laughs) Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Well, welcome to episode 265. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a lively and very lovely conversation with Eve. Yeah, this is an amazing, amazing conversation. Eve is a wizard, a sorceress, (laughs) if you will, at weaving Mm -hmm. in amazing learning opportunities and life lessons that she's picked up through basically being non-monogamous her entire adult life, but also a bunch of hilarious stories, anecdotes, and mishaps. Yes. I guess mishaps is a great way to put it sometimes. Yeah, experiences. Experiences. (laughs) Hilarious experiences. Some Some of the funniest bloopers we've heard on the show and out of them all are incredible life lessons. So thank you, Eve, for your vulnerability. And yes, all of this. thank you so much. And as Eve will talk about, she hosts a cabaret show called The Secret Circus Show. Information can be found in the show notes as well as, of course, Eve will talk about it and tell us a whole bunch more. Yeah, also in the show notes are photos of Eve and links to all of other all of Eve's other work and ways to reach out and find her and connect. Yes, we did forget to mention too she's in the uk she's in the uk that will be apparent with the accent (laughs) and also the other way that that shows up is there was a little bit of lag and we were able to correct most of it in editing but there are a few times where maybe something seems a little bit delayed or out of place and that's why yes the other thing that's important for you to know is that it is we don't usually say this it is critical to listen to the end (laughs) Because you're just going to want to just trust us. The stories that we hear at the end of this conversation are amazing. Yes. So just trust us and listen all the way to the end. We're not we're not bait and switching you. You'll thank us later. You will think you will thank us immediately. (laughs) Well, once they get to the end. Once they get. So let's not delay anymore. In like an hour when they finish it. No more delaying. We'll get them straight to the end. Anybody who is a premium subscriber, we're going to jump right in right now to all of the amazingness that is Eve. And for the rest of you, we have a couple of very quick announcements. First up, if you're not familiar with the premium subscription, it's a way to skip all of the announcements up here at the front. To sign up, you can go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the buttons on the homepage or in your podcast player. But don't worry, you won't miss the important dates for upcoming events. We stick those in the outro still, so definitely you're going to want to go sign up. Yes, very good point. Although we are pretty amazing up here in the intro. Oh yeah, that's true, but Which you're, anyway. Which you're about to find out. <laughs> Next up is something really exciting that actually just came onto our radar like a few days ago, and it's happening right now. Literally, if you're listening to this on the day it came out, Wednesday, December 7th, this is happening. Yes. We are part of a live virtual summit hosted by Elizabeth Cunningham, who was on our episode 263 a couple weeks ago. She's a relationship coach and an all-around badass, and she gathered up a whole bunch of amazing speakers for a free summit that is going on all day today. Don't worry if you miss it today. You can still sign up, and you will be able to uh, get the downloads. I think it's $47, which is pretty affordable, considering I'm just going to rattle off some of the names of the amazing speakers that are going to be part of this, besides us, of course. We've got Kate Kincaid, Lucky Alexander, Jolie Hamilton, Nicoletta Heidegger, Jessica Fern, and a whole bunch of other amazing people all day long. You're going to want to check this out. We're super excited. And the name of the summit is called From Monogamy to Polyamory. And it's going to be about, well, probably going from monogamy to polyamory. (laughs) And it's way more than just that little transition. As many of you know, if you've done this or if you're thinking about doing this, there's a lot to that. 
To opening a relationship? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we'd love to have you join us again. It's a free summit and we're super excited. So thank you to Elizabeth for putting this on and we're super excited. I think I mentioned that, we, that we're excited. We are excited. Yes, you did mention that. Okay. And just a quick reminder too, if you happen to miss this, you're like, oh, darn, it's after December 7th. Don't worry. You can go to our website, still click on the links and you can purchase uh, a package to view all of the recordings. Yes, which is a great point. I never told anybody how to find it. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com or in your podcast player show notes. You can click right there into the show notes and you'll see links. Yes. The other thing we wanted to say up front here was a huge thank you to everybody who joined us last week for our virtual meet and greet. We had close to 40 people. We were all dressed up in our beach beach attire. We had we people were, yeah. We had people in hammocks. We had people <laughs> in floppy hats and swimsuits. Sunglasses. It was amazing. And we had a blast. The next one is coming up on December 29th. We haven't picked a theme, but right now we're picking the theme holiday stuff. <laughs> that's big. <laughs> right? Because you choose your holiday. It could be any holiday. That's true. Any holiday of the year. Okay. Wear your attire. Yeah. You can mix and match holidays. You could wear fireworks and a Santa hat and a pumpkin. Okay. Nailed it. So holiday stuff. Maybe it's like how many holidays can you put on your in your outfit? Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Holiday potpourri for, for, <laughs> okay. six, for 600, Alex. Perfect. All right. <laughs> On that note, if you're out there looking for like-minded people, we'd highly encourage you to, to check out our online community. We have over 200 people and growing. It's an amazing place, if we do say so ourselves, to meet like-minded people. And it's only a couple bucks per month to join. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the community tab. Which is right next to the events tab, which is where you'll learn about that meet and greet. Yes. And just a quick clarification, the virtual meet and greet is not the same as the community. The community is not the same as a virtual meet and greet. They're two separate things. You don't need to be part of our online community to join the meet and greet, but you do need to be part of the community to be part of the community. Correct. <laughs> Nailed it. So we would love to have you join us. As Emma said, again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You click on the community tab and you'll learn everything you need to know. Yes. The other thing you can do while you're on our website, click on that resources tab. And find a whole bunch of resources. And find a whole bunch of them. One of which is our favorite way to get tested for STIs, stdcheck.com. It is fast. It is easy. Again, it's our favorite way to get tested. It's fast and easy. It's fast and easy. It's also <laughs> simple and affordable at $129 when you use the links on our website. You save $10 and you support the show financially. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that $129 gets you a full 10 panel test, which is a pretty great deal. Yes. That's $12.90 per test. And it's very discreet, which is awesome. It is. So check it out. We would say a huge thank you in advance for that. It's a great thing to get for your partner for, for the holidays upcoming. Oh, that's true. That's a good good gift. Or all of your partners. <laughs> you, get the, you get the poly package. You just get the whole thing. True. Go for it. No, no group discounts. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, there is one more thing. You can reach out to us. Send us a voicemail. Send us an email. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the Contact Us button. We would love to hear from you. We respond to everything we get. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And if you click on that podcast tab while you're on our website. All the show notes. And there are some amazing photos of Eve. Yes. If, if you listen to this and you're like, what is this? This person seems incredible. Yeah. You she is. You ain't wrong. Check it out. <laughs> Okay, with that, I let's, think we're, we're done talking. Let's go talk to Eve. Welcome to the podcast, Eve. We are so grateful you are getting up at the crack of, I don't even think it's bright where you're at. In, <laughs> in, and the sun has long gone down on our end. It's 10 o'clock here. So thank you for getting up and thank you for keeping us up. We're excited to chat. We've been laughing the last few minutes and I'm excited for what's to come. So welcome. Thank you. It's worth um, getting up in the crack of anything for you too. Aww. Well, you you don't know that yet. You haven't <laughs> you haven't gone through this process. <laughs> we we'd love for you to start just by introducing yourself at whatever level you're comfortable with. Hi, I'm Eve. Uh, I live in Liverpool in England. I'm a woman that does a lot, and that means uh, work wise and people wise. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, I think you're going to um, have a lot of fun with me today. 
who are. <laughs> we look forward to it. Well, I can't right. wait. We can't wait. Yeah. So we're going to get into all of the things and probably the people you do. Uh, but <laughs> that, that sort of sort of implies that perhaps non-monogamy is a thread in your life of some kind. Do you, do you mind just starting off with like a high level of what relationships sort of look like for you today? And then we're going to go way back in time and figure out how, how you got here. Yeah, so today, like the last year, I've had an amazing time. Um, so I, <laughs> when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, I just went on a mad sexual bender and um, just realised how incestuous Liverpool was because um, it just turns out that, like, everyone I was sleeping with was sleeping with each other and, like, all of my friends are just, like, <laughs> just, like, so open, so... It's just got to a point where I'm just like, I'd love to fit you in my diary, but I just don't have any time till like next year. So <laughs> could you wait? <laughs> so, so, so your, your, your little black book, your sex book is booked up solid through the end of the year. Yeah. And then some. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for finding it. No wonder we had to talk to you at six in the morning. I know. Yeah. You're okay. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Thanks for making time for us. Well, you're uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe take us back in time then. How, wait, when, when, how did the idea, the concept of non-monogamy come into your life? So I, I have this really vague memory of being young and like never having experienced any relationships and just being like, I could see myself in an open relationship one time. And then when I got my first boyfriend, um, it happened uh, in a weird way where we were seeing each other for a few weeks and he's referred to me as his girlfriend. And then, um, like, a few weeks after that, he was like, I think we should just be dating. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are we going back? <laughs> like, that seems like a back step. And then after a week or so of feeling really awkward about it, he was like, I think what I wanted to say was I really want to be in an open relationship with you. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, at least that's a relationship. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, like, embarked on this. And um, a few weeks after that, he'd said to me, like, oh, I need you to know that I nearly slept with someone, but I didn't. And I was like, okay, well, I I have phone sex with someone. And he was like, wait a minute. I didn't think about you doing stuff with other people. And I was like, <laughs> cheeky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and then throughout our, right? throughout our relationship, I ended up doubling the amount of people I'd slept with. And he didn't sleep with anyone apart from when he was with me. So that backfired. <laughs> What what how old were you two when when this when this relationship kind of started and then opened? Um so I would have been 21. He's how he's like 5 years older than me. So should have known better. <laughs> well, I mean early early 20s it was it was good to get the context. I wasn't sure if it was like 16, 17. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I, I waited quite a while till I felt like I've met the right person, which I'm really thankful for now. So I think when I was at school, I was surrounded by friends who jumped in stuff really early. And I remember looking at them and being like, what are you doing? Why are you with him? Like, you know, it's a bit, bit weird. It's a bit pervy. He's taking advantage of you. He's not right for you. And I think, like, I'm, I'm so relieved that I waited so long because I felt like, I knew myself a lot better. And even even when I jumped into relationships in my 20s, like, it was eight years of kind of back-to-back -back relationships, and now I feel like I've got this freedom to get to know myself better. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do, like, relationships back-to-back -back when I was younger, or I don't know how well I'd know myself, and I find that so important to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and through those back-to-back -back relationships, were those 
open relationships? Did you continue that trend or, or did you go into like sort of a serial monogamy type vibe? So, so the eight years kind of, there was a short relationship at the start and then the one I've just told you about. And then after that, um, I was kind of in a bit of a monogamish relationship with someone I'd known for a few years. Um, so we'd only really sleep with people together or we had a kind of rule where I could sleep with women and he could sleep with men if we weren't together. And then we, I broke up with him and we kind of ended up in a bit of an awkward, we're still doing everything the same, but there's now been a change. So we were kind of open, but boundaries weren't really talked about enough. Um, whenever I brought it up, it was kind of a bit like, ah, uh, I don't know, let's talk about this another time. So near the end of our relationship, we were both sleeping with other people in probably quite a hurtful way to the other person. Um, and so when it ended, it left me in a really kind of dark place, but also one where I got to know myself a lot better. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Was that the relationship that just ended last year or was this earlier on? Yeah, that was last year. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, are you open to talking a little bit about how, how the end of that relationship and the way it ended sort of led into you like learning a lot more about yourself and you, you, that's Mm -hmm. sort of a theme like that, that happened in your early twenties as well. Like you, you said you learned a lot more about yourself before you jumped in and it sounds like you had sort of bookended this this chapter of relationships mm-hmm. with also really learning about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I think I really lost a lot of confidence near the end of my relationship. And um, I started seeing a therapist, um, like a sex and relationships therapist. And nearer the end of my relationship, my ex has said to me, like, Oh, I don't think you should tell people that you're open or non-monogamous um, because you get jealous. And my therapist as well kind of has said, like, oh, you know, maybe it's not right for you if you're experiencing this. And it didn't really sit right with me, so I ended the therapy after a little while because I was like, just doesn't feel right to me that pe- other people are telling me how my relationship style should be like instead I wanted tools on how to like work on the parts of me that were coming up so so yeah I I spent a bit of time being like am I maybe I am monogamous um maybe maybe they're right and then I went on a tinder date like uh, a couple of months after I'd broken up with my ex and we it was really odd because we'd really got on well we chatted loads it really flowed i went to his and we ended up like in bed together he tied me up and then like had sex with me and then he went off to get some water and he came back and he was like i think we should wait to have sex and i was like well we just have and then he was like the thing is like i'm 100 percent monogamous and i want the next person I end up with to be my last and all of this. And I was just like, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, if I've had such a strong reaction to that, I'm pretty sure I'm not monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. In that experience, like you have this visceral reaction of this person sharing with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It literally, fr- I, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. <laughs> Yeah. Can you untie me now? I'm ready to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, it's like my blood's still on your face. Like, I'm pretty sure we've just had sex. <laughs> uh, and so that was sort of your welcome to single life. First kind of move was like a discovery that maybe, maybe. For the I'm, first time in many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. For, for, for the first, yeah. Not that she'd never been single, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And so where did the where did the journey take you from there? I know you said you went on a bit of a bender. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up um I had a few months of being really just upset and lying in bed and feeling really depressed about everything and highly anxious. And then I 
I ended up having a threesome with a guy that I um I'd sworn that I wouldn't sleep with him. I was like, "You're a fuck boy. I'm never gonna sleep with him." Like people warned me against him, and then he was like, "Do you want to come home with me and this girl?" And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> um. And that I think in my head I was like, I'm making a decision. I'm going to sleep with you. We're never going to end up in a relationship, so it's kind of safe. And I really fancy the girl you're with, so no brainer. And after that, I just started. It opened me up to meeting all these new people who were just just so comfortable in themselves and like knowing that I was sleeping with other people. A lot of them I'm still like really close with now some of them I'm still seeing and yeah and a lot of people from my past while I've been like in these relationships that I'd always been like oh I like you but I don't know if you like me suddenly we're coming to the forefront and yeah it's it was really nice just being surrounded by people that I already kind of knew um so I felt comfortable enough um and no pressure from yeah I'm kind of curious too, and and thank you for sharing that. I'm I'm curious too. You you mentioned early on, and when you first opened that relationship back in your twenties, that you you two had an agreement where he could sleep with other guys and you could sleep with other women. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of you went home with this couple. Well, I don't know if they were a couple. You went home with with two people. Um, was like, what has the exploration? of your sexuality looked like it sounds like that was a fairly early discovery for you yeah i've always known like i was bisexual and i've i've been curious about sex for like forever and i remember like even before i really knew what sex was i just would like lie awake at night thinking about it fantasizing and like yeah, I anything I could find to read, or I didn't. We didn't really have internet when I was a child, but like, just yeah, I I was just so curious, and then I was asking all my friends from school like questions. Uh, like I had a lot of male friends, so anything I didn't know, I'd be like, "So tell me about this. Tell me about wet dreams. Tell me about <laughs> yeah, anything." And uh, <laughs> curious little pervert. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but yeah I think I always um, had the yeah just a way of thinking where I was like curious and wanted to know more and that's never really changed yeah was this this last year your first experience with a woman no no so like my first I had a like short term relationship that was with a woman and that was we were both each other's firsts but I didn't really know what I was doing at all. And we joke now because we're like, we should sleep together again because <laughs> we've both learned quite a lot since then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of trying to scissor and not really know what to do. And <laughs> I can imagine the awkwardness. like, But yeah, you're, it's your first time for both of you. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Like, how are you supposed to know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not exactly taught, right? Especially, you know, back then, like they're barely teaching it now. So yeah, Yeah. it's not like they, they teach you how to, how to have good sex. They're they're trying to tell you not to ever have it. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I barely knew what to uh, do to myself, to be fair. (laughs) For quite a while. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, taking, I'm just curious, taking us back to like your first experiences of open in an open relationship to that first boyfriend, you said you learned a lot. Mm. Um, but thinking back, what were some of the ways that you kind of like, I don't know, what were some of the ways you saw yourself grow throughout those early relationships? I think for me, um, because, you know, a lot of people get into long-term relationships and then they feel like, oh, I've missed out on trying this or, you know, I've I've spent all this time with one person and especially if it ends badly, you're a bit like, oh, I could have spent that time exploring myself and exploring others. But I had that safety net of knowing that there was someone there who I could come back to 
but also the freedom to go off and explore. And I felt like, you know, when you're single, you sometimes get into a state where you you kind of, I don't want to say desperate, but maybe a bit desperate where you're just like, oh, I need to sleep with people. And people can kind of sense that. But when you're kind of feeling comfortable and happy, it's easier to find especially the right kinds of people. Um, so I ended up being able to like go out, meet people, have a great time. And then if it was great, I could come home and tell him. Uh, if it was terrible, I had like a support behind me. And also we like we explored a lot together. So like we ended up having a threesome with his ex girlfriend, which is really beautiful. Um and uh we had like a foursome with my best friends, who I'd always said to him, like, you're not allowed to sleep with them, like they're off limits and then we were all having a foursome and I was like doing stuff with our friends and they just both looked at me and I was like, Ah, oh, sort him out <laughs> <laughs> I I love it. You you seem to have no. I'm occupied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no sh- no shortage of adventures. In, no, that's in your definitely years. true. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question, you Ian, about whether everything has, was separate or. But it sounds like it wasn't. A lot of things were together too. So you kind of got both experiences in mm. that in that first relationship, and were able to kind of, in some ways, just like beautifully navigate different types of experiences for both of you mm-hmm. yeah i think i've i've never met anyone as adventurous as him he's he's just so open-minded and like we tried stuff that most people wouldn't ever think to try and there was never any like to proper taboos with us like we were just like if it turns you on it turns you on um like yeah let's try this let's try that and and to have that as my first relationship with someone like that I'm I'm really like lucky like he literally changed my life and especially sex wise as well I up until that point I'd just been having really shit one night stands where it's kind of like now I'll do this to you and then you do this to me and then we'll have sex until you get off me and I can go to sleep uh <laughs> Um, and like, he was the first person I met where I was like, oh my God, we're trying different things. We're trying different positions. My foot's in your mouth. Like, now we're doing this. And like, we both said, like, we thought it was going to be a one night stand. We didn't know each other's names for ages. Like, I had him in my phone as question mark. (laughs) And then it just turns out like he's been the most. And he said he didn't know my name for a month. And I was like, what? (laughs) Um, At least it went both ways. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. How have you you taken maybe some of that adventure, that adventurous spirit? And I mean, it sounds like he he had it, but like you you also had it. Mm -hmm. Like you also had it in you as well. And how have you taken that forward? And maybe how has that played out, you know, after you, you had this threesome with the with the fuckboy that you, you vowed never to have sex with, yeah. but you did, like... Well, just to clarify, this is all the first relationship you yeah, were yeah, in, yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm jumping yeah. way ahead, like, curious how you've, how you've <laughs> taken that sense of adventure into the, the year of debauchery that you've been sort of living in right yeah. now. So, so with my second relationship, like, he was also pretty open-minded, and that's when I started going to, like, sex parties, and we, yeah, we had a lot of group experiences as well, we, we joined some apps, um, met some people who I've turned out to be, like, amazing friends with even now, but yeah, so I think, yeah, after my first relationship, I would have struggled to go into anything, like, resembling i don't know (laughs) vanilla and yeah i think as soon as yeah i kind of started sleeping with people again this time it was a whole different thing because i was like i've got complete freedom i don't have to ask permission or go home and tell someone about what i'm doing and i yeah i met all these people that were curious about sex clubs so i've started going kind of once a month or more regularly and like 
yeah, that's a great way to just explore what you're into. And yeah, I found I've met loads of couples, so I'm seeing quite a few couples. And yeah, I think it's yeah, it's just curiosity and ticking things off the bucket list. Um, I don't think I'll ever grow out of that. <laughs> well, and you have to keep expanding the bucket list. I mean, geez, it sounds like you're just checking items off by the day. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I did write a bucket list when I was in my early teens, and like a few years later I'd done a hundred things off it already, so <laughs> it's never a dull life. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> how, how many items were on it if you checked 100 off? Like 300 and something. <laughs> wow. Wow, I love it. I love it. So how close are you to checking them all off now? I'm curious. Well, some of them have definitely like become impossible since I wrote it. Like I can't high-five the queen anymore because she's dead. <laughs> But uh, most of the like ones about sex and nudity, I think I, I've done now, so I'm definitely open to ideas for the bucket list. <laughs> wow, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the queen one's going to be tough to check off. Yep. Maybe you can change it to a queen, yeah. and then it could be a drag queen, it could be anything. <laughs> well, I've definitely done that already. <laughs> Way to be creative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check it off. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh I, man. I'm I'm I would also love to dig in to a little bit, Eve, to I, I think it's easy to hear like, you know, you spent the last year or so on a bender, right? And but I, I imagine there's a lot of learning and growth and self-discovery through that process as well. Like, are you open to like maybe sharing a little bit about what what this actually has looked like. Is it because mm-hmm. you know, people hear Bender and they're like, I don't know, maybe she's out like six nights a week or, you know, sometimes twice. Like what, what is it like actually looked like? And what, like, what have you been taking away from it? Because if you're still doing it, you're obviously getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's usually seven nights a week. I'm out actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think yeah, it's it's interesting because my ex. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to guess high. And, and... <laughs> so my my first ex, you know, the one that I was in an open relationship with. So like the last year and a half, he's like, so how how many people are you dating? And I'm like, it depends what you mean by dating because I there's like a, a couple of people I'm seeing regularly. There's one in particular that. Like, over the last year, we've become really close, and, like, I see her the most, and then there's other people I see less regularly, but we've got a stronger connection than some of the people I'm sleeping with regularly, and then, I don't know, it's all these different tiers, and then there's some people that, yeah, just kind of hooked up once, and then became best mates, and and that's accepted, or, you know, so, yeah, it's just, just not necessarily just me like going out and sleeping with whoever I can find. It's a lot of like deeper connections and um yeah, I've really tried to set the bar high for myself in the last year and a half. Um it just happens that a lot of people are meeting that bar. <laughs> <laughs> just happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I love it. That's a <laughs> Well, and I mean, good for you though, right? right. Like it, yeah. and, and you know what? Let's let's be honest. Like, even if you set the bar low because that's what you wanted and that's what you needed, like, good there's, for good, there's nothing wrong with good that for, either. Yeah, mm-hmm. good for you there as well. But I I love that you're like, well, I set the bar high, and and then I just go out and find you know quality humans to to meet to meet my needs, and yeah, like, yeah, good good for you I'm, now i've just got to like where where the hell are you meeting all these people that are like such <laughs> high quality like geez, friends you're, friends you're, you're you're loading them up seven nights a week like you, you've <laughs> got to have a pretty sweet like funnel i think a lot of them i i already knew um or it's like the friendship group i'm in now we all just seem to like sleep with each other or like and then we'll meet someone else that someone else knows and like uh, but yeah, I think a lot of them, the ones that I'm still seeing, are literally people that have been on my radar for a long time, and 
I I guess it's because I've been in the relationship or they have, but I've always had an interest. Uh, so then when it's come, it finally come through, I'm like, oh my god, it's happening! It's happening! Uh, yeah, that's really cool. And then a lot of it's kind of, you know, through apps or through sex clubs or whatever, um, meeting new people. But I literally get to the point where I'm like, I need to stop going on the apps. What am I doing? I'm already, like, fully booked. But it's just kind of that satisfaction of, like, flicking through and getting <laughs> people telling me I'm fit. Yeah, so it's a combination of friends of friends, meeting people through your friends group, your the apps and meeting people on the apps and then going to sex clubs, you said too. So it's like mm. a little bit of like you've tried you try all of the angles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More ways than one. <laughs> Way. <laughs> yeah. Throughout this throughout all of your uh experiences, how what are some ways that you keep yourself physically and sexually safe? Yeah. So, like, we're really lucky in England that we get kind of free STI checks. And, like, especially since COVID, you just get them ordered to now, which is well handy because I'm so busy all the time. Like, the thought of going and sitting in a waiting room, I'm like, ah, got so much else that I need to do. So, yeah, literally it just arrives on my doorstep every three months. I do it, send it off, get a result, and I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> and then, I think safety-wise, in other ways, like it's something I've really been working on, especially now I'm seeing a lot of people as a single woman. I really struggle with like not getting overwhelmed boundary-wise, and especially over the last year I felt a lot of people have felt kind of entitled to my time or, you know, an article's been published about me recently about being sex positive, and I've noticed that people kind of see that and then assume, oh, Eve, can I have a date from you? Can I have this from you? Like, uh, And there's no question about it. It's just kind of like, oh, well, she'll, she'll say yes to it because she's, like, a sexually free woman and she's single. So it's it's really, I'm really, like working on setting boundaries and not just sleep with people because it'd be easier than like having to have awkward conversations but yeah i think that's the main thing i'm working on at the moment yeah mm-hmm. it's so important to be to be able to protect not even yourself physically but your your time your emotional yeah. health like yeah you, sure. only, you only got seven nights a week and you're you've yeah. got them full so right i mean <laughs> Yeah, I love and it's it. so easy to get carried away sure. and like if, you know saying, "Oh, well, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that." And then you sit down and you realize, "I'm overextended. I can't do all of this. Mm. How am I? What am I going to do here?" Well, it's a good yeah. thing we don't do that. Sure. Yeah, speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm I'm curious too, Eve. Do you do you? Like I could see there being some stigma, right? Like, oh, that's Eve. Like you, you've had articles written about you that you're sex positive, mm-hmm. and, and you know it'd be easy to read that another way. Like, oh, Eve's a Eve's a slut, and not that that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but like you kind of have to own some of that in who you are and mm-hmm. how. Like, how do you do that in terms of like maybe friends who aren't part of this group or family or people who are looking in and maybe throwing some judgment your way. Which kind of leads to a question of, like, how open in your life, too, are you? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a t-shirt that says slut on it, so <laughs> I reclaim the word slut, personally. <laughs> um, I th- yeah, it's in- per- perfect. perfect. <laughs> it's interesting because I'm so vocal... Especially with, like with people I know, I'm, I'm just will say exactly how it is. Um, but also like more and more, I've become like more open online. So I, um, I feel like with my family, my dad is very much like me, and my brother is. But my mum's, you know, she's a bit like I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And uh, I think. Because I've just started sharing it, people just have to catch up. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm putting it out. I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on you if you find it weird. But but yeah, I think like 
not necessarily with my friends, but with like more acquaintances. Like, I you do get like questioned and judged, and like you, but you just can't win. Like when I was in a relationship where we were seeing other people, it it was like all these questions and judgments. But then now my ex is with someone else in a monogamous relationship. He said to me, like, I'm still getting the same quest, like, judgment and questions and, like, oh, why aren't, you know, why aren't you swinging? Like, surely you can't be happy because you're now, you've gone from an open to, (laughs) like, you just can't win. And you look at their relationships and I'm like, well, I don't really want that. So I'm not really going to take it to heart if you find what I'm doing weird because I'm having a great time. I love it. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Like, yeah, you can't win. You, no matter what you do, someone's going to be judging you. And you might as well just do what like, you know, obviously show up with integrity and respect and kindness. And apart from that, like, who the fuck cares what you do and how you do it or who you do? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. gonna take up such a small percentage of their minds. Like, if you really look at it, if people have a judgment about you, such a small percentage of their time and their mind. So it's up to me whether I take that small percentage of their brain to heart or if I just dismiss it and think, well, this is my whole life. This is what feels right to me. So that's way more important than someone's little tiny judgment of me. They can fuck off. <laughs> I love it. It's such yeah. a good point. Yeah, like, it is. You've it got, is. You've got to live this life all day, every day for, mm-hmm. you know, another 80 years, maybe. Like, you're going to let somebody who passed judgment. Yeah, I love it. That's a great. Well, it's, it's and it's not always easy to do. So mm. it's awesome that you're, yeah, it's, that you're there and that you're able to do that. Um, moving forward, what do you see your relationships what do you want moving forward in your life as far as relationships go? Like right now, I'm the thought of committing seriously like freaks me out a bit. Uh, and I think, yeah, that's just where I am right now. Um, I think I'm still kind of getting over my last relationship and uh, what came up for me. So I, w- I wouldn't feel comfortable entering into anything with someone else until I've kind of resolved a lot of that. But I, yeah, so I always saw myself, like, settling down, having kids, uh, getting married. But the longer it goes on, the more I see that still happening, but not in a kind of conventional way. Because, like, I really want to have kids, but if I'm not with a partner, I don't want that to stop me. Uh, And some of my friends that I'm sleeping with, like, um, are like, well, I'll just give you some of my sperm uh, <laughs> and then and then like one, my best mate and I have talked about having a marriage because we love each other so much and it's like I, I want a wedding more than I want a marriage so why shouldn't we you know get married to people we love even if we're not together so so yeah in the future like I feel like I'd struggle to be in a fully monogamous relationship ever because I've seen the light. Uh, but, but yeah, what it looks like next. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, and I find that really exciting that I don't just, you know, have a monogamous mindset of like, oh, I'm going to meet someone. We're going to, we're going to, do this and get really close and then break up and then never see each other again. Like I've never had that. So I never expect that. So it makes it really exciting to be like, I don't know which direction I'm going to go in and how like monogamous or non-monogamous I'm going to be, but I'm just going to go with what feels right. And that's, that's really exciting. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I I was curious too, you, you'd mentioned when you got out of the, the last relationship, both your boyfriend and your therapist were telling you that you were too, it sounded like you, that you were too jealous to do non-monogamy. And I'm curious, like, how did, how did that show up up to that point? And what have you done with it since? Like, how has it shown up since? So I think 
because my first relationship, like, he didn't really do anything with other people, I was in a really, like, cushy spot, which is a blessing and a curse, I think, because when I got to my second relationship, especially because we weren't that strong as a couple by that point, so when when I found out he'd slept with someone else, it was pretty shit circumstances because I literally walked in to his flat to pick up some stuff and he had someone there. And then that was like my first experience of like a partner doing stuff with someone else. And he wouldn't speak to me about it afterwards. So I was just left all night kind of being like, who is she? Like, are they still together now? And all of this went off in my brain. Like, um, so yeah, I think the times that it did happen, it, it just sent me into a bit of a spiral. I didn't really know how to deal with it. Um, and then after I was seeing someone who's now my best friend, and this is complicated to explain. So the person I'm seeing now the most and my best friend who I was seeing, but I'm not anymore. Uh, <laughs> I found out that they'd slept together and it just really upset me and I, I was really upset. I felt betrayed. I felt hurt. Um, and then I kind of told my brother and my ex about it and they were like, well, that's really interesting because do you want to be with him? And I was like, well, no. Like... So I don't understand why I'm feeling this strongly about <laughs> someone when there isn't a relationship on the line. Um, and my brother said to me, like, oh, I I actually follow these people called Connor and Brittany. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. I don't nope. think so. Okay. So he was like, they're like my gurus on non-monogamy and whenever I like don't really know I, whenever I need a resource, they're the people I go to. And he was like, they've got a course on jealousy. Um, and they've got a few others like about being in open relationships, maintaining healthy relationships. And um, so we went halves on paying for the course package. And um, me and my ex-boyfriends like worked our way through the jealousy one together. And like, and I bought some books about jealousy and I still feel it now. But it's always been something I've had in my life, not just relating to relationships, but friendships, or if someone who does a similar job to me get an opportunity, I'm like, uh, um, so I think, yeah, it's, I, it's like unpicking it and finding out where that comes from. So that's just been the journey I've been on for like about a year now. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of learning, but I feel like I'm in a great place to do it now rather than when I'm in a relationship and trying to do it then. Yeah. Well, and I mean, jealousy is a normal emotion that is normal to have. And yeah. so it's just how you handle it and how you work through it and how you find support for yourself and with other people in that emotion. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you for, for speaking to that. And if you don't mind too, if uh, we can throw the links to the, what the resources that you just mentioned in the yeah. show notes too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have another question if you don't mind. I mean, I guess you're on a podcast about questions, so um, <laughs> hopefully you don't mind too much. The, well, go on, you, you've, you've talked, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you've talked a lot about your exes and it seems like you've been able to maintain relationships or friendships with most or all of them. And I'm curious how, how do you do that? Because that's something that I think is wildly undervalued the mm. the ability to end a relationship but maintain not not to burn it to the ground yeah i think i've never been of the understanding that you're kind of with someone and then you break up and then it you just never see them again like unless that feels like it's needed um, and I think it's the same with relationships. I've never had it in my head of what I think a relationship should be. And that's the same with the breakup. And I feel like, you know, I've spent three and a half years with someone and then to go from that and then just never see them again, like, just seems really like, I think I'd deal with breakup a lot worse if I knew that was the case. But 
in both my relationship, my main relationships, even during it, I I knew like, well, we'll be friends afterwards. Like whatever happens, we'll be friends. Uh, and it it may have taken a couple of years after each one to kind of get to a point where we feel like comfortable together or whatever. But it would hurt me a lot more if if we weren't friends afterwards. Um, and actually, like they're some of the closest people to me, and and I feel like I can be completely honest with them, and they understand me in a way that it, uh, my nor- normal friends don't. Or you know, so I think yeah, I really value us um, having that complete honesty, complete trust, and being able to go to them with anything. But yeah, like like that's the main thing people get confused about now I think it's like oh yeah I'm, I'm hanging out with my ex's family and people are like what is your ex gonna be there and I'm like no no but like <laughs> 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 oh yeah sometimes he will be there but but people find that really weird that I maintain such a strong connection but for me it makes complete sense yeah yeah if it works I mean it's 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 wonderful yeah I, like I said, I think it's so undervalued. Yeah. To be able, and it's such a such an an impressive skill, mm-hmm. like to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. good, good on you. Yeah. yeah. I have a question, but I'm completely changing the subject. Do you have anything else on that before I change the subject? Nope. I have another off-subject question, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Go for it. So, in in one of your emails, Eve, you sent us. Uh, you mentioned a couple of fun jobs that you've had in the past and you threw in there that you did a naked cleaning service once (laughs) but never again and i'm so curious and would love this story well it was the exact question i was going to ask so well done yes but i think it would be great if you could give a recap of your career through sex let's call it sex work adjacent okay So, so like, my main job is life modelling, which isn't really sex work related, but it kind of led me onto a path of other related things. So I worked um, as a lap dancer in a strip club for six months, and then I've done a bit of cam girl work. Um, I, yeah, did... I'm also a normal cleaner, so naked cleaner, I was like, oh my god, it's like my dream job, it's like my job's combined. No, apparently not. Um, and then I've just been offered some work at, um, at my local sex club as a buddy, so like welcoming people, giving them tours, making sure everyone's comfortable, which I already do, really. <laughs> <laughs> so now you just get to get paid for it. Exactly. Yeah. And I also run a cabaret show. So we did our first one at the sex club a couple of months ago. So it's for me, it's like combining all of my skill set. Oh, and I've worked as like a dominatrix tutor and a hand job workshop tutor for, <laughs> for, uh, for women, which... Um, it's quite niche, I think. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I just the title hand hand job tutor workshop hand job <laughs> hand job workshop tutor. I I love it. Okay, so so some 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 follow up questions on all these jobs. Yeah. What are what are your favorite ones and why? Mm-hmm. And why will you never do naked cleaning again? Yes. <laughs> we'll go for that one first then. <laughs> so so basically I've been booked for an agency and to start off with I went to the wrong house. So it, it started off going as badly. <laughs> <laughs> like uh older man and he so he was like oh hi he made me a coffee and then he was like right go and get ready and i was like no no you've got to pay me first he's like oh okay how much is it and i was like oh, you know how much it is just pay me <laughs> so I, so i went upstairs got undressed came down 
And then he stood up and started getting undressed, and I was like, oh, my God, I'd never comprehended that he might get naked as well. And whenever I pictured it, I pictured it being in, like, kind of a big house where I'd just be, like, getting on with it, and he'd be sat on the sofa, but it was such a tiny house that, like, every room we were in, we were so close. Um, so I was like, what, what do you want me to do? And he was like, oh, I didn't really hire you for cleaning. And I was like, ha ha ha. So what do you want me to clean? Uh, <laughs> uh, and he gave, Jeez. he was like, oh, if you could just dust these pictures. And he gave me the oldest feather duster I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, dusting photos of his grandkids and the duster was just falling apart so I just ended up making more mess than actually cleaning (laughs) and then I broke his hoover (laughs) and then we went upstairs and like he he just got a massive erection and it just got worse and worse and like we, we like he was like that's all I wanted you to clean and I was like all right he was like do you want some dinner I was like no he was like do you want another coffee I was like no and then he's like let's just talk then and it, it we'd chat away and then there'd just be so many awkward silences where we'd just be sat there naked <laughs> and I was like I don't want to be here anymore so we ended up finishing the session early and then he tipped me with a bottle of wine and I left the house and I was like, oh my God, I'm not wearing my underwear. I was like, shit, like what if his wife finds it? What if like he finds it and think I've left it there for him to sniff? Uh, I was like, should I go back? Should I run should I and then I I found it in the leg of my trousers and I was like oh thank fuck and I pulled it out and these like two <laughs> guys were watching me pull my knickers out of my trousers and I just started running <laughs> that, <Wow. laughs> that is tough to beat yeah wow I can, I can see why you said never again <laughs> But the story you get to tell but everybody. The story yeah. is amazing. <laughs> like his wife phones at one point as well. <laughs> that was not cool. <laughs> oh jeez, Eve. Okay, and so he didn't wh- actually do any cleaning. Other no, than she dusting. made a mess. <laughs> well, you said you're actually really good at cleaning. <laughs> 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 I love it. Well, so so then, what, what what's been your favorite of your sex work adjacent jobs? So, I mean, I think I mean life modeling is obviously my main one, and like combining that with kind of so I'm doing like a shibari themed life drawing session on Thursday, um, and like. I think, yeah, I love the combina- being able to combine my jobs as well. I think working in the strip club was really interesting and it taught me a lot about, yeah, just just about the industry but also, like, meeting people who were kind of typically gorgeous women but just seeing how kind of insecure they were behind that and then realizing like how privileged I am to not feel, you know, that I'm really competent in myself and not because I think I'm like the most stunning woman in the world, but just because I've got a lot of self-confidence. Uh, and I think when I first went to work there, they were a bit like, Who, who's this like nerdy student that's reading in the corner who like doesn't quite know how to do her hair properly and by the end, like, uh, they just completely got who I was, and I was making them laugh, and we were playing, like, the floors made of lava on the booths and doing, like, handstand competitions. And I think, yeah, we'd, like, learn a lot from each other. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think, like, although the work was sometimes quite soul-destroying, like, the friendships I've made in that time, like, we did become a little stripper family, so I love looking back on that and all the 
my times we had. I love yeah. that. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And and I'd also love to hear more about the um, work that you're currently doing, the shows that you're putting on. Yeah. So I run an event called The Secret Circus, which has been going for like eight years now. Um, and I founded it with my friend Chanel, who had to move back to L.A. And so now they run them in L.A. and I run them here. So uh, there's a U.S. branch and a U.K. branch. And uh, they're basically like weird, wonderful cabaret shows. Um, we have like different themes for each one. So I've just done one in a church, and then a month later did one in a sex club, and then, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, we're just exploring, trying all these new things. We've had, yeah, uh, someone pull a f- an alien out their bumhole. We've had uh, someone with a courgette strap on. We've we've seen it all. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you like um, fun. You should come along. <laughs> <laughs> Eve, I I am so glad you emailed us. <laughs> Me you, too. Yes. I, I I have this this vision that you you will you will be living life to its fullest for as long as you possibly can. And I'm thrilled that our paths crossed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and 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 links if people wanna check out the the cabaret shows too links will be in the show notes so please go if yes. you live in the uk or visit the uk or in la mm-hmm. and, and if you're not you should fucking go yeah. visit for this reason like come on right yeah come, come and say hi uh, come and ask for my autograph because people don't do that enough you know <laughs> and 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 tell her tell her finn and emma sent you and you get to play the floor is lava with the strippers, which is one of my <laughs> one of my bucket list items. So what I want to do, oh, yes, I want to now. It, it's it, it got onto my bucket list about three minutes ago, and so my dream is to come to the UK, have you introduce me to all of your stripper fam, and we're gonna go play the floor is lava. That's what Happily. I want to do for my birthday. For you, anything. <laughs> Excellent. Look at that. That Look is that. that is the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you're now going to have multiple people orchestrating this for you. Perfect. <laughs> Could not be happier. Um, thank you, Eve, for everything. Is there is there anything we we haven't asked about or talked about that you wanted to share out into the world? Again, links to all of your work and how people can find you will be in the show notes, along with the amazing photos you sent us and. Um, is there anything else you want to get out into the world before the sun comes up? I've just got a, I've got a mad story from, uh, so I, when I last went to the sex club, uh, I met one of the couples I'm seeing and they said to me, like, you know that we're having a baby. I was like, yeah. They were like, well, we worked out the date and it was conceived the night we had a threesome with you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So I've, like, co-created a child, I like to think. And I remember what I like to think is the moment it happened. <laughs> uh, he was having sex with her, and she was um, fucking me with a half-penis, half-dinosaur dildo. And then we all came at the same time, and I like to hope that that was the moment we created a child. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! That's, uh, and that's going in the baby book. Right? That's going in the baby book. They better name it after oh, me, Eve. <laughs> they better. Or the kid's name is going to be Dino. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! That is that's an epic story and a beautiful story too. Yeah, <laughs> I. I love that more than anything I've heard in a long time. Uh. Holy shit. I don't know how I'm going to fall asleep. I'm laughing so hard tonight. Okay. Eve, we, we have to have you. We have to have you back on. We're going to need more stories. This is amazing. And 
when we come to the UK and do the UK tour, mm. you're going to have to show us a good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More than a good time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, you you have a kick-ass Monday. It is your Monday. Go out and, and live life today. And um, thank you again for everything. And have a wonderful day. Thank you yes, so thank much. Thank you so much, Eve. Thank you. And we're back. Thank you, Eve, for the incredible conversation coming on the podcast for just everything. It was amazing. I think one of my favorite quotes that's ever happened on this show is, I'd like to think I co-created a child. <laughs> and and I remember the moment it happened. Yes. Perfect. Amazing. <laughs> So thank you, thank you, Eve, for everything. And just a quick reminder, you can find links to everything Eve mentioned in the podcast show notes located on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Absolutely. Also, a quick reminder that our next virtual meet and greet is coming up on December 29th. It is going to be holiday potpourri. Holiday potpourri. Uh-huh. That's the theme that we just came up with in the <laughs> we, intro. We developed that on the fly. <laughs> So anyway, no pressure to dress up. Don't worry. You don't have to. It's just for fun if you want to. And these meet and greets are open to anyone. You just must be respectful and open-minded. And awesome. And awesome. And next week, we have an interview with Kelly and Connor. Fantastic conversation. We're super pumped about it. And we hope to see you in a week. Actually, you know what? We hope to see you like today on the summit. Yes. Virtual Summit today. Virtual Summit today. Next week. Interview next week. We'll see you then. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>